This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaring.com. Today is December 12, 2016. NFL Week 15 Picks and Kicks. Calhoun with me. We are in Atlanta and we live. Woo! And we looking good. They're one of your guys, isn't it? Yeah, the Nature Boy. So what you were saying, we live and direct from Atlanta, Georgia, coming off of a Falcons ass kicking. They got a coach fired. Justifiably fired, per se. So... I was blessed enough to be in LA. And not only were the Falcons, we'll talk more about the game a little later, but you could just see the defeated look on the Rams' faces when they introduced the coach. They booed him every time when he ran to the um tunnel for halftime. It was just it's just such a relief sometimes to get rid of a, a bad coach. It's like getting in a bad relationship with somebody you should have been ended it with. So in the words of Sam Cook, it was a long time coming. I mean, Jeff Fisher had no business having an NFL job for years. He's the most loosening coach in history now, if not tiny years. I mean, it's just, it was ridiculous. He hasn't been anything since, since McNair. Well, Vince Young, they were going to the playoffs with Vince Young. So I think this is the curse of Vince Young because he wound up trying to blackball Vince Young. And yes, he did. And truth be told, Vision was probably the second most successful quarterback he had, like you said, behind McNair in his career. Because what if he's coached 19 years, what he's had like nine winning seasons or eight winning seasons? No, nah, he, he's had less than that. They brought his record up. He's only had, he's only went uh, 800 with the, with the Rams for like a year or so. He's had a terrible record. He's awful. He's god awful. And so it's ridiculous that. The notion of him even being a coach is just, it's laughable. Yeah. How's he coaching right now? And good coaches, like Lovely Smith is not coaching in the NFL. I Man, it's ridiculous. It's laughable. Well, thank God he's not coaching right. So that goes back to, you know, what we talked about. The families beat him out of a job. So whoever thought. That's when you know you're doing your job. <laughs> he gets somebody fired. I and mean, who would ever thought the Falcons would be on that side of it? Normally, on the other side of it, what's up? They get the shit beat out of them so bad, somebody get fired. Exactly. Then, then you compound that with he just signed an extension. So, how bad are you to just get a signing bonus to get fired? You, you, you're atrocious, man. Get out of here. Well, I think the bigger picture in that was that it may have been a payoff for something else. Hey, you get us to LA, we'll keep you around for an extra year, and we'll put a little extra money in your pocket. So I think I think that we're looking at it from like a small, too small, a small picture standpoint. I think this is bigger than what we realize. Like maybe they they just made a deal with him, like get us to LA and we'll take care of you or whatever. See, I don't think that happened. I I literally do not think that happened at all. I think one of the reasons why he got fired is because he moved to LA and they can't bring that brand of nonsense to LA. They was bringing to St. Louis. I don't think it was no. You get us here. And then we'll, we'll, we'll look out for you. I think it was legit 
look, we can't have this in L.A. You have to go. Well, I would have thought that would have, and then go back to the Falcons. I thought this would have been like, could they build the stadium out there? I thought that would have been like the next year. Like the next year, the pressure would have been on. So when they had the stadium, they get the new coach with the stadium or whatever. Exactly. So that, again, that even goes further than showing you how bad he is because they got a lot of stuff on the line here. And to go into this stadium build without a head coach is just amazing. Do you think they get the guy who everyone keeps trying to say is good enough for a head coaching job and Kyle Shanahan? So we talked about this offline. I think that if this was week seven or week eight, he get. You know, he's the hottest name in football. But now, week 15, he's kind of cooled off a little bit. And I don't – I mean, he'll get interviews and he may even land a job. But his name was – his name didn't have the clout that it did just five or six weeks ago. So, I agree. he gets interviewed, but I don't know if he gets a job. I agree. And I'll tell you what else. I don't think he's the – I don't think he'll be a good head coach. One, he's too petty. He's too immature. He's too, too entitled. I don't think he'll be a good head coach. I don't think he has what it takes. I don't think he has the gonus. I, I just don't. I think he's too childish. So, but I think I it goes think so. back to a bigger point that we said is that you have to give cats like that a chance because you have to develop the next great coaches. I mean, like you said, you know, whatever we think of Love, Love is a retread. Like him or not, you know what I'm saying? He's a retread. And when are we going to get to the next level of great coaches, regardless of race or whatever? Like, when are we going to get the next set of – when are we going to find the next Mike Tomlin? When are we going to find the next Bill Belichick? Yeah. Yes. Or the next Bruce Arians because I think that was one of the biggest crimes in the NFL. Because of giving retreads, jobs after jobs after jobs, somebody like Bruce Arians goes five or six years too late to getting his head coaching job. So I, I think that that's where it leads. So I think it does lead to cats like Shanahan getting interviews. I agree with everything you said. I think he's petty. I think he's childish. I think he's all of the negative qualities you said. But I will say this. Out of all the Falcons coaches and offense coordinators, he's the only one who you can tell his difference from week in and week out. You can see his imprint on the field week in and week out. I mean, you talked about this. If he has a good week of calling plays, Matt Ryan and the Falcons can beat anybody. The Patriots, who up on the Cowboys, anybody. But when he has a bad week of calling games, they can lose to anybody. I like losing to the Eagles. So, I mean, I don't know if he's a good coach for that reason or a bad coach for that reason, but his imprint is definitely on the team, for better or worse. Long story short. So now my next question is, with Jeff Fisher getting fired and before the season, who do you think will be – what other coach you think will be out of him? I'm surprised, good, I'm surprised Gus Bradley stayed around. Like, in Jacksonville, you have to get rid of one of them, either him or Blake Borders. You have to get rid of one of them. I think at this point you get rid of both of them. I, I feel bad for him because he he got that job being handcuffed to Blake Borders, and Blake Borders just wasn't the choice. So, like, I mean, we're talking about coaching the whole time, and I feel like part of the problem is that some of these first-time coaches get handicapped by being stuck with a player that they don't want to really be stuck with or shouldn't be stuck with. And that's how that's, that defines their whole coaching tenure. So, like, how good can Gus Bradley really be if he's stuck with Blake Brothers as a quarterback without – and we basically they're telling him don't change quarterbacks. So, that's the first name. 
I'll throw out Gus Bradley. Who who was you got? I think it's the guy I was arguing with you and the great MOB about. We was going back and forth about him, and I think it's time for him to get out of here just like Jeff Fisher. And that's Marvin Lewis. It's time for Marvin to get on out of here, man. Hit the road. It's, it's been time. I don't care what color you are. It's what the proof is in the pudding. And his his track record is not impressive. He is he is the physical form of mediocrity. Get him out of here. They're not going nowhere. And they regressed this year. It's time to get Marvin Lewis out of here. So I think he's the definition of one of our favorite sayings on this show. That the enemy of great is good, and I think he's the definition of that. And so the Bengals have been good with him, never great. And shitty when it really counts. So, and we can go back to last year with Lance Burford. They beat Pittsburgh if he don't get that penalty. And that's just been, to some degree, a reflection of Marvin Lewis's tenure in Cincinnati. So, I'm one of the ones who, I'm really on the fence with him. I mean, you know, it's only so many years you can be so-so. And it's going to trend down before it trends up or whatever. So, Wait a minute, why are you on the fence? It's like 15 years of so-so. That's the whole thing. So, get him out of here. <laughs> so, he's you know basically Jeff Fisher without the Super Bowl appearance. That's what you're telling Exactly. Nah, he's a little better than Jeff Fisher because Jeff Fisher been a loser. But Jeff Fisher has been to a Super Bowl. But he's been to, and he's been riding that just like an ex-star who was a, chi- a child star. Like, hey, you remember I had that show in the 80s now? Nobody care about that in 2016. Well, what you talking about, Willis? Yeah, nobody cares about different strokes. Now that's what Jeff Fisher was. The difference is Marvin is just that. He just ain't, there is no fence. You gotta either get out the toilet or make a deposit, and he's not doing either. Get him out of here. Yeah, I said it then. I'm saying it now. So we get it, Calhoun. You saying fire Marvin Lewis? I've been saying. That. Long live Mr. M.O.B. If he was still living, he would be with me and be like, why? Marvin doing better than most of the coaches out here right now. <laughs> we, one thing we know, doing better than, listen, if you were in class with a group of special needs children, all because they're making L's and you're making a D minus does not make you at the level you're supposed to be at. And that's what Marvin, Marvin is a D student. You just pass it. All because Jeff Fisher get blown out. Doesn't make you, well, at least I didn't get blown out. And all because, here's another guy, Todd Bowles is having a terrible season, even though he had a win against the Niners. Who's the Niners? It doesn't make you. That was a, what's that all you you always say? Loser go home match. (laughs) A loser lead town match. Well, that game was the loser lead time match. Niners and the Jets. Somehow she got fired after that game. <laughs> well, let me so stop right there because you said an interesting name. Ty Bowles goes back to what we're saying. He got the same problem Gus Bradley got. The Jeffs ignorantly, stupidly, idiotically, whatever, they were ignorant enough to handicap themselves to Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they got what they deserved with it. But that's not what he deserved. He'll never get another head coaching job again because he was handcuffed to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think you fire him, though. I mean, you don't fire him this year, but he his first two years, he next year, the hot seat is on for him next year. We both can agree on that, right? Of course, of course. 
but he was handcuffed his first two years with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not saying now if you got to pick your own quarterback, how many? How what? If you had to, a list of a hundred quarterbacks or twenty quarterbacks, would Fitzpatrick even make the list of twenty? No. So I mean, that's not his fault, and he'll be unfairly judged, and he'll never get another head coaching job again because of that. Yeah, he is the right complexion not to get a, another head coaching job. But on the flip side of that, I don't think Chip Kelly has been with the 49ers one year. I don't think he comes back. I don't see how. I don't think he come back. They, no, they lost 11 straight. They were winning that game. They were like 17-3 and lost 23-17 in overtime. Chip Kelly going to come back. So let me ask you this. How much of that is, again, what we talked about, him being handcuffed to a quarterback he doesn't want? The quarterback that running the system, Kaepernick is ideal for that. Kaepernick can't throw her for shit, though. I mean, most mobile quarterbacks aren't good throwers. That's what you sacrifice. You don't have, it's either or for the most part. I think two, two coaches get spared. But they don't notice. And I think that's Tom Poe Bowles with the Jets. And I think that's Hugh Jackson, even though they might go 0 and 16. I don't think you fire him because that was a mess in Cleveland. And it is a mess. I want to go back to Chip then when we talk about Hugh Jackson. I can completely agree with you on Todd Bowles. Like, unfair or not, next year is his hot seat year. I hope he does good. Right. Chip Kelly, I think it's the same. I think he, had, I think he's, I think what you're judging is that he left such a bad taste in people's mouth and Philly, and he did. But how much of this job can you blame on his previous job? I mean, they they don't have shit for a quarterback. Their skill position players are, are bad at best. I mean, so a, a lot of this, he's not, he doesn't have what he needs to succeed. And, and that's what Marvin Lewis stands out. Marvin Lewis has everything he needs to succeed and doesn't succeed. Jeff Fisher has enough of the pieces in place to succeed and didn't succeed. So I understand the ones we're talking about. And I guess this group of people are people who may not have Gus Bradley doesn't have the quarterback he needs to succeed. Chip Kelly doesn't have the quarterback he needs to succeed. Todd Bowles doesn't have the quarterback he needs to succeed. So a lot of this group is just they're handcuffed to the shitty personnel that they've been given. Yeah, they haven't had the chance to turn this around. So that I, you, I, agree, I agree with you. That's the difference between Jeff Fisher and Hugh Jackson. They're tenured. These those three coaches, four coaches, five coaches. They're not. I mean, they're they're not even four years in, three years in. You can't turn a team around in less than three years. Yeah. So I agree. So I mean that, and that's the difference between them. I would, I would see if you had to ask me a coach who I would think, you know, and we laugh and joke about this coach all the time, is Rex. Get him out of there. It's about time for him too. Another thing is, Rex ain't coming just some horrible situation. Like there was some a couple of pieces that were needed, but Buffalo wasn't just all out trash when he came when he appeared on the scene. Well, let me say this. Somebody said this about the dude we played ball with in college. They were like, he's actually pretty decent, but he talks so much yeah. that it makes you look at his fuck-ups and not that he's a decent player. Same thing with Rex. He's a he's probably 
he's probably no worse than Marvin Lewis or no better than Todd Bowles. He's probably average, you know, probably on the lower end of the average scale. But he talks so much in such a character, you can't help but to focus on him when he falls flat on his face because he draws that type of attention to himself. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know if the Bills can get better because, again, to me, Rex is average. And I don't know if you can get a good coach to leave that situation to come up there, but I agree with you. It's, it's, it's time for him to go just because all the shit he's got, his mouth, his mouth is ring him a check his ass can't catch. Right. So how much longer can you keep running going through life with that? Don't be the ugly girl yelling, look at me. And that's what he keeps doing. You can't. She has a nice personality. You don't know. The ugly person, look at me. can't do that. Don't. He's high, he highlights his own faults. Exactly. That's a good way to sum him up. Let's wrap this up with Hugh Jackson. I know we I know we shouldn't be talking about a coach who's on 16 this first year, but I asked you this offline, and you were like, and I asked you, should on 16 get him fired? And you were like, on 16 should get anybody at least considered fired. So what's your... Not, not with him, because, listen, if it was any other team, maybe, but the Browns have been a mess for some time. Listen, if nothing else... The Browns need to just hold a guy for about four years just to have some kind of foundation. The turnover rates as far as GMs and coaches is ridiculous. No one can build anything because they keep it's a revolving door. And that's what players are like. He can't build anything with the with the way they're doing it. They was drafting well. They were drafting well. The Browns at one point probably had the best offensive line. And now they're being pieced out. So they have to continue to stay the course. He inherited the, a horrible, horrible situation from top to bottom. And it's going to take more than the regular average two, three years to turn that around. You have to turn that around from management to the to the peanut guy to the janitor. I mean, they got they need to turn, they need to watch that whole organization to make them competitive. So you can't get rid of them. This has to be growing pains. So I think that and I hate to make this comparison, but I think he's almost the NFL version of the Penn State situation. Right. So Penn State, they hired James Franklin. And, you know, if I were the AD at Penn State, he would have got a 10-year guaranteed contract, meaning you, we're not going to fire you guaranteed for 20, 10 years or you get a massive buyout if we try to fire you, no matter your performance on the field. We're in such a bad position. We just need somebody to guide us through this. And you get 10 years as long as you want to guide us through this. And Cleveland, for all the points you just named, of course it can't be 10 years, but I think they need at least a guaranteed five, four or five-year person where we're not going to fire you for four or five years. I don't care what the media says. I don't care if you go 0-16 for three of those years, but we have to get continuity in here, and we have to get some level of we know who the coach is going to be. We know who the quarterback is going to be. Now, they haven't found a quarterback yet, and hopefully they will, but it has to be continuity to your point across the board and you can't give it to the fans in this regard. The fans, if we have to have a season of not buying seats to keep this going for tomorrow, we need to do that. And so that's, I think what Cle- Cleveland is right now. Do you fire him? No, this year. No, because they're out there trying out RG three and RG three looks horrible. He's probably going to be the contestant for the you suck award, but you, you can't fire Hugh Jackson for putting together a shitstorm team with a shitstorm a, a shitstorm team with shitstorm ingredients, essentially. 
That's my thoughts on this. Let's go on and hit the You Suck and the Lewinsky Awards. Let's start with the Lewinsky. You read my mind. Go ahead. I'm going to give it to, the, to Vic Beasley. Strip sack, fumble, return for a touchdown, three sacks. Tying Von Miller for the league, for the, the league leader. In fact, I mean, he had a great, an unbelievable game. I can't believe we said I'm talking about Vic Beasley being as great as he is right now. Because we thought, I thought he was trash. See the one that ran out. He looks so bad from last year to this year. It's unbelievable. And I don't think that's because of Brian Cox, who I think the Falcons need to go ahead and fire. You're seeing the direct results of Dwight Freeney coming to the team. Brian Cox had gave up on him last year. He's like, I can't yell at him, motivate I have no idea how to motivate him. So something got into him, and it was not Brian Cox. He's turned it on, and he looks like someone who should have been drafted number eight overall. Do you think he's turned the corner? I mean, you look at him. He, 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 when he's not making sense, he's disruptive now. And he hasn't been that. I think part of it, he just figured out speed in the NFL. So he's a speed and finesse player. So him getting used to speed and how certain people move and stuff is his biggest asset because you can be a 4-5 or a 4-4 all day. If you're not used to everybody else running 4-4s, four then what good is a 4-4? Four four? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I, blocking, not no 4-4. Four four. The whole thing is he's gotten used to using his hands, dipping his shoulders, ripping through, uh, sticking his foot in the ground and making his move. That's what's different. Because that speed, he was just getting hemmed up. Because once they put his hands on him, we was watching games together, and they was just dogging him, rag dogging him, making him look like a little boy. But now he's using it to his advantage. Yeah. So I give him, I give mine to, to the Falcons, but namely Vic Beasley. You get a coach fire, you should get a little head. So I'm gonna jump on the same bandwagon. I'm gonna give mine to the Falcons too, but I'm gonna give mine to another defensive player, Deion Jones. I told Double R before the beginning of the season that Deion Jones was a player to watch out for. I said that in our preview podcast, that Deion Jones is one of the Falcons I'm looking out for. He's either second in rookies and tackles or leading rookies and tackles. And he, leading rookies and tackles. And he has, what, three interceptions with two returns for touchdowns. Which is interesting because I don't even, I was telling someone, I don't think Ray Lewis has five of those. I don't think he has five interception return for touchdowns. So... In a league that's going more to passing, he's been every he's been mostly what the Falcons have won. Now he still him and Campbell still get caught out of position a lot. He can still get caught chasing a lot. But if you make a mistake across that middle with that ball, he make you pay for it. And in today's NFL, that's what we need. So I agree with you. I give my Lewinsky Award to the Falcons for a much deserved, like you say, once you, you beat somebody ass bad enough when they fight a coach, you deserve some head. And I give it to Deion Jones because I think he's been sensational for a Ricky. Who's the Usuk? All right, so the Usuk Award, I'll let you start off. This trash piece of crap should have never married Sierra if you're playing like this. You should have stuck with the white girl. And that's Russell Wilson. Five interceptions in the game against Green Bay defense? That's a travesty. Man, he killed me in fantasy. Just put the pistol to my head, blew my head clean off. Trash. 
He's been a travesty all year. They don't deserve to go nowhere. He's ridiculous. How do you throw five? Listen, I don't throw five interceptions in a football game, in a pro football game, especially when you can run. Ridiculous, man. Horrible. Russell Wilson, you suck. <laughs> that was an epic you suck rant. I think I'm going to split mine between RG3 and Jeff Fisher. I looked up. I was, let's start with you. I looked up. I, Lord bless us. Bless me enough to go to the LA to watch the Falcons play live. I was looking at the screen and they were showing RG3 stat line. At one point, it was like two for 12 for 20 yards and two interceptions. I said, man, this man will never play quarterback again in his life. See, I don't think you can give it to him. So I was listening to local radio. It was a horrible day for a lot of them. Like, we were talking about Russell Wilson, but did you see what Ben Roethlisberger did? Yeah. Trash. Did you see what? Let's just give you something, though. Quarterbacks <laughs> in the bad world. Horrible. Did you see what Drew Brees did? He threw three in the silver, yeah. But the weather wasn't even that fucking bad in Tampa Bay. It wasn't bad at all. <laughs> Marcus Mariota. It wasn't bad weather. Well, he only had 80 yards. It was a bad week for quarterbacks. We're talking about the Rams game. Well, let's talk about Jerry Goff. Trash. It was crystal clear out there. He had no excuse. It was pristine weather for football. That press guy. He had this. They only scored seven points. Two interceptions and a loss from him. Eli had six interceptions and won the game. I mean, six turnovers and won the game. Trash. So, so you're right, just the sloppy play in the NFL by quarterbacks in general. But yeah, Jeff Jeff Fisher has to get a little you suck. He gotta take that award with him on the way out the door. Yeah, get your ass out of here. Here's your award. Yeah. So I'll give mine to the quarterbacks who suck and most notably Jeff Fisher. And that's a good segue to picking the games. The first game Thursday is the Rams at the Seahawks, the line in Seattle by 14 and a half. Ridiculous. 14 and a half. So, in other words, don't even watch this game. I wouldn't bet it. 14 and a half is too high. Like you said, Russell Wilson coming off a five-pick game. Seattle's going to win the game, but as shitty as the Rams are, and I know this sound, they're coming off a blowout, I don't think they lose by 15. Now, you can have two different things happen here. You got a team that's lost and, and come out of laying egg, or you can have a team that rally around new leadership, a new voice, something different, going regular havoc in the division game, and they rough them up, and they come out with a win or a close game. I, on the other hand, think see how they're going to beat the dog shit out of them and beat them convincingly. Give me the Seattle and the 15. Mm-hmm. It just... The score was 40, what was it, 42 zip? Give them to me. Give me them 14. Let me ask you this. With the Rams, do you think they're more down that Jeff Fisher got fired or more upbeat with new leadership? Oh, they celebrating. They got hookers and hash in the locker room. Celebrating. Did you hear Todd Gurley, who never says anything, say, uh, we got a middle school you know, offense. We play like middle. We got a middle school offense, and they did. Like, that's, not, that's not, 
not trying to be a you know, I was at the game and it really was when they got the ball, you cannot see them moving the ball five yards on the Falcons. And we not talking about the eighty five fucking Bears. We're talking about the Falcons defense who is starting Jalen Collins and goddamn Robert Alfred at cornerbacks. We're talking about the Falcons defense who's at the bottom of the league. Who at one point they were battling for like one of the worst ten defenses of all time, right? And they made us look like, jeez, like the two eighty five Bears of two thousand one, uh, uh, Ravens, the Buccaneers. They made us look the like Steel like, Curtain. Yeah, no, they get them. They gotta get them out of there. He was causing too much havoc. They should have did that way back when in Tennessee. They should have been got Jeff Fish out of there. <laughs> Don't bet with Jeff Fisher. Bet with the players. Uh, it's, it's playing for them no more. All right, so Saturday, December 17th, for Saturday game, Miami at the Jets. The line is Miami by two and a half. It's that time of year, isn't it? It's the most wonderful time when you get pro ball on a Saturday. They're giving us too much of it now. It's oversaturation. It's on the ring now. But uh, I'll take the Jets in this one. I agree with you. No Tannehill. Miami on the road. I got I got the Jets winning the game. Not about to bet with Matt Moore. It's a shame too because I think the Jets would have made the playoffs. You mean the Dolphins? Excuse me, the Dolphins. Excuse me. Yeah, I believe the Dolphins would have made the playoffs if Tennessee didn't get hurt. Hmm. They was rallying. They were working together. They was they was make, They were winning. Still. Now let me stop right there and give you this. They weren't winning because of Tannehill. They were winning in spite of Tannehill. Basically, they want. Basically, less is more, and the less Tannehill they had, the more they start winning. Oh, of course, I'm not giving him the praise or the props for it. It ain't because of Tannehill, but uh, the the numbers that they had, what they was doing, they was working. So I, I think they could have made the playoffs. Uh, so good to see them back in the playoffs after all these years. Yeah, so Sunday, the one o'clock game, starting off with Green Bay at Chicago. The line is Green Bay by six and a half. Give me Green Bay. I don't, I don't know this. Give me Green Bay in the six and a half. Even though they played the Lions pretty tough. Give me the six and a half in Green Bay. Give me Green Bay. And they cover easily. They cover this line by double digits. Chicago sucks. We had this conversation offline about how certain quarterbacks deserve the money that quarterbacks are getting because they can carry an average team to exceptional heights. Aaron Rodgers is going to carry this team to the playoffs. Then he say he's going to put the team on his back and carry them to the playoffs. And that's what he's doing. And he's going to do it by double digits on Chicago. So that actually is the sure bet to me. Green Bay by seven and a half, they win by double digits. So. Okay. Next one o'clock game, Jacksonville at Houston. The line is Houston by six. Give me Houston. Don't give me the six. There was no fucking Brock Osweiler. No. I'll take the Texans, though. You hit the nail on the head. Who controls Brock Osweiler? Give me Houston. They win by probably three or four. One or two. I can't decide out yet. Mm. The next one o'clock game is Cleveland at Buffalo. The line is Buffalo to by 10. 10? No, give me the Bills. I don't want the line. I'm going to go Cleveland. This is a vintage Rex. They're not disciplined. They blow this game. And Rex goes out in the triumphant pile of bullshit. If he loses to Cleveland, he needs to be fired on the spot. They'll lose to Cleveland. Yeah, he needs to be fired on the spot. 
Next one o'clock game, Philly at Baltimore. The line is Baltimore by five and a half. Baltimore get a little rugged, don't it? Give me the home team. Give me Baltimore. I don't like five and a half. Philly can play. I get them by three. Give me Baltimore and they cover. Baltimore win by six. This is going to be a hard-hitting game. Let me say that. Baltimore plays hard-hitting, tough-nosed football. They play real professional football. They I think, play AFC North football. Yeah, I think the Eagles are trying to play real professional football. I think the difference in the game is Carson Wentz suck. Joe Flacco's better. So, give me Baltimore and they they win by more than five. They win by six. Hold on, you think he sucks? Yeah. I don't think he sucks. I think the league is caught on to him. I mean, it's a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, but I don't think he sucks. They can grow, just not this year. I agree. All right, the next 1 o'clock game, Tennessee at Kansas City, the line of Kansas City by five and a half. Give me me Kansas City in the line. Are the Chiefs the best team in the AFC? They are not. Second best? They are not. Who the second best team? I still take, man, I still take the Raiders, even though they beat the Raiders in convincing. I agree with you on that. That was a game that the Elements beat the Raiders more than the Chiefs did. And Derek Carr hurt his his finger. I don't know. I'll take a healthy Raiders. I like the Titans in this game. I actually like the Titans. DeMarco Murray second in the league in rushing. Ball control, as long as they don't ask Mario to do too much. I know it's going on the road, but I think Tennessee can pull it off. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Got you a couple of upset alerts here. Okay, I can dig it. It'll be an upset, but I, I I don't think these teams are super far away from each other. I don't think so. I mean, I mean unless you start talking about the rest of the AFC side, it's not a lot of super away from anybody in the AFC. So, I mean, everybody can make a little noise. It ain't a powerhouse. I mean, they got... If the drop-off is so bad in the AFC, it really is either you're rich or you're poor. Everybody else, they in the middle. They battling. I believe it's going to be a good game. It's not going to be like, oh, who want to watch this? But I believe she's going to beat them. That actually may be the game. That might be the game so far that we talked about. That might be the best game, actually. Well, it is the best game so far in this world. Yeah, people, people undersell Tennessee because they're on the sexy team. But they actually play good football. And you don't see them a lot. They're too busy showing the Cowboys every freaking week. The next one o'clock game is the Lions against the Cowboy Killers, the Giants. The Lions, New York, by four and a half. Give me New York. I don't want to four. Give me New York in three. Is Matthew Stafford playing this week? I don't know. That's why. I mean, he hurt his he hurt his hands. But they set the line, so he must be playing. Cause four and a half is a Matthew Stafford is playing line. The only reason why I'm not picking them is because he hurt his hand. That's why I'm not picking them. I don't know the severity of that injury either. You don't know. I'm going with Detroit because New York won an all-time clunker game. They only scored 10 fucking points. It's not like they dominated the Cowboys on offense. They had that one fucking slant that was dead. Yeah, you're right. But still, I don't know. Is Detroit a better team? Yes. What's going on with what with his injury? I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. The injury report is not out. You know how they hide that. We won't know until later on this week what's really going on. Sir. I don't think Vegas <laughs> make the line not known. Sight unseen, I'm going with a healthy Eli Nodell. Let me ask you this. Who's the better quarterback, Matthew Stafford or Eli? On time or this year? Man, both. This year, who's the better quarterback? 
quiet as Kim. And he's been doing it very quiet. Matthew Stafford has been balling. You know, I'm talking about him in the MVP race. I'm not talking about him as one of the best quarterbacks. But this year, he's been top five, top seven quarterback. He's, he's, really- he's an MVP candidate. Like, if they had, if they did an MVP like the Heisman and the top four went to New, be in New York, he would be in New York. So, I agree with you on that. I got Matthew Stafford. I, I mean, so, I think Matthew Stafford is by far better this year. Eli's up and down. And I think career-wise, we both would say Eli, but... The thing that make the thing that makes Eli such a a unique case is he has he's like the goofy guy who's who gets the fine girl right. Like how the hell did he get her? I mean, those two Super Bowls are the good girl. Exactly. The next one o'clock game is the Colts at the Vikings. The line is Minnesota by four and a half. Give me the Vikings by four and a half. That almost seems disrespectful. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take the Colts. I'm gonna agree, agree with you. Give me the Colts. I'm gonna agree with you. Give me the Colts. I think part of it, I'm hating on the Vikings because I'm hating on the Vikings, but I think these teams are about the same. I, and when you got teams who are about the same, you take the best player on the field, and that's Andrew Luck. So give me the Colts. The next one yeah, o'clock. The next one o'clock game is Pittsburgh at the Bengals. The line is Pittsburgh by three. Now you talk about for sure. Give me Pittsburgh and give me the line. Yeah, this line seems really low. It should be Pittsburgh by like seven. Anyway, Pittsburgh, they cover. Cincinnati's giving up on Marvin Lewis. Yeah, it's time to get him out of here. Question. We were talking about this online. Is Le'Veon Bell the best running back in the game? I told you when he's healthy, Adrian Peterson is the best running back in the game. I'm talking about right now, AP is not back. You talking about with AP being out? Who's is he the best running back? That's what you're saying. That's what you're asking me, right? Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're asking, right? Um. Yeah. But I think yes. I think he's good. But I think two people have are in, in in shooting distance of him. I think David Johnson and I think Ezekiel Elliott. Oh yeah, yeah. That young boy. That he just yeah. He he ripping it up. Now, another question for those in this game, is Antonio Brown the best wide receiver? By far. We've talked about this offline. I don't know anybody who can do what he does and doesn't get hurt. And doesn't get hurt. Your Julio Jones, your Dez Bryant, your AJ Greens, they all get hurt. The only one who don't is Odell Beckham. I was going to say the second one probably is Odell if you consider, you know. I mean, So now you're here for the league, get you a smaller wide receiver. All right, who the next game? <laughs> the next game is the Saints at the Cardinals. The line is Arizona by two and a half. Give me, give me the Cardinals. Ah, that's horrible. Give me the Cardinals. I hate it. Give me the Saints. Saints. Saints trash. Cardinals trash. Again, in situations like this, you take the best quarterback or the best player on the field, Drew Brees. Okay, six interceptions in two games, no touchdowns. No. If it went, it went like a porn star for Drew Brees. Quick without one. I'm still with Drew Brees. Uh, give me New Orleans. It's going like a porn star. New Orleans getting fucked. <laughs> All right. The, that was the first four or five game. Excuse me. The next four or five game is the 49ers at the Falcons. The line is Atlanta by 13 and a half. 
<laughs> oh, they probably respecting them birds, them coons, as they call them down there. Are they gonna give us a little head? Well, let's lean back and let his head get a little sloppy then. Give me the birds and give me the 13 and a half. Give me the birds, but they don't cover. What? Winning by two touchdowns is a lot against any team, even a San Francisco team. The Falcons, 30-plus years of Falcons history tell me they don't cover this game, but they win. We're averaging over 30 points a game. 30-plus years of Falcon history tell me we win, but we don't cover. Indy, continue. Proceed. <laughs> did, you, did you want to park the car here for a minute and talk about the birds while we here? Nah, I think we gave them a good bit of hand. They were both of our uh, Lewinsky awards. Yeah. I think I think there's going to be a travesty if Matt Ryan does not get the just due he deserved this year. And that's as far as the MVP running. Everyone keeps saying, the other person who keeps coming up is Derek Carr, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and now everyone keeps trying to get on this Tom Brady train. And I'm just against that Tom Brady train. Someone who suspended four games for cheating. And had not played all the games. And in that in his absence, he won three. I mean, I, I don't see it. Tom Brady go down, the Patriots win. Matt Ryan goes down. It's over. Let me ask you this. And we talked about this offline. We've been talking about the fact that we haven't talked about Tampa. Will week 17 be a loser-leave town match with us in New Orleans? No. How, sure, how confident are you about that? Very. As confident as my dick still get hard if I see a fat ass. <laughs> All right. So next four twenty five game, pick the New Orleans, New England Patriots, excuse me, at the Denver Broncos. The line is New England by three. Give me New England and give me the line. That's another confident bet. That's a very confident bet. New England, they might win by double digits. I don't think Denver's that good. Matter of fact, I need to put a little something on that in Vegas. <laughs> The next 425 game, the Raiders at the Chargers, the line is Oakland by three. Give me that one, too. Give me Oakland and give me, give me the three. Your boy Phil been shitting it up lately. I mean, it's a whole team. That team is not good. And that coaches is laughable. He, he got it. We didn't talk about him enough on our coaches who need to get fired. <laughs> he slid past that one, right? Just like he's flying in, in the regular league, but they they're gonna have to make some choices about his ass. <laughs> give me Oakland, give me they cover too. They win by more than three points. The Nick, well, sorry, we're at the eight thirty game. Tampa Bay at Dallas. The line is Dallas by seven. It's gonna be a close. I think it's gonna be a good game, and I don't think the Buccaneers are just laying down. And I, I hate the Cowboys. But we need the Cowboys to go ahead and, and give the Bucks this L. Give me the Cowboys. We need this L. Jameis Winston, I'm playing. Give me the Cowboys. Jameis Winston, I'm playing, but they aren't playing really good. They just, they're, I guess it's their defense. Their offense isn't doing anything. I think they won like, what, they beat Seattle like 12 to 3 or 12 to 5 or some shit. They beat Kansas City like 20 to 10. They beat somebody 16 to New Orleans 16 to 11. So it's not like they just running off on people. They just beat their defense is playing good. It's not like, I mean, they did this big thing on Jameis on ESPN the other day. And he talks like a preacher, but he plays like a goddamn. Oh, he plays like a preacher. He hasn't been, he hasn't been convincing. Let me say that. 
yeah, they back doing their way in, but you know, you know, when you go into that back door, it can be a messy situation or it can be a glorious. <laughs> I haven't went through. I haven't been in the back door situation, so I don't know yet. You got it. We had the, we had a, a fellow podcast tell you about that that back door look. <laughs> Not in no gateway either. <laughs> What's the next game? Hey, give me the Cowboys too, but they don't cover the seven. They win, but it's they'll probably win something like seventeen to thirteen or something like that. I agree. Monday night game, the Panthers at the Redskins. Excuse me, Washington line is watching by four and a half. Give me Washington. Who would ever thought the day I picked Kirk Cousins to beat the shit out of Cam Newton? Wow, that's what we are. But Kirk Cousins today, this year, who's been the better quarterback? Oh, it's not even up for a discussion. Kirk Cousin, man. Kirk Cousin, they win because of Kirk Cousin. I don't know what they got going in Carolina. Give me Kirk Cousins, too. I like Kirk Cousins because he bet on himself and won. Oh, and he's going to win. So. You like that, don't you? Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDaring.com. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. <laughs>